welcome to the Life Affairs Podcast. This is a place where we share life experiences and the many lessons learned by just living. Join me to immerse ourselves and take a closer look at the stories that shaped and defined us. Just remember, there's no judgment and a lot of understanding on today's episode of the Life Affairs Podcast. I'm in my kitchen, sitting at the dinner table, having a serene moment after a very busy weekend. I'm drinking my tea and gazing out of the vast kitchen window. I take a deep breath because I absolutely adore the view. It's a natural painting that changes in one day into four seasons. The seasons are sometimes serene and sometimes stormy. It is a beautiful spectacle throughout my day. The green grassy fields extend towards a wide river, where large shipping boats gracefully sail. This view holds immense value to me, as I also spot few sheep scattered across the lawn, peacefully grazing. Unexpectedly, the rain starts pouring down, completely altering the summery vibe of the weather. However, it is a beautifully nostalgic kind of weather, with scattered clouds and the soothing sound of rain in the serene part of the city, it evokes a flood of nostalgic memories. And I invite you into my moment. Come with me in my nostalgia for when it was 1989. I'm living in what feels like a never-ending war that had been going on for years. It all started in 1974, when there was a conflict between Palestinian refugees and Lebanese Christian militants. But over time, things got even more complicated as other countries like Syria and Israel got involved, making the situation even messier. The war is going on for 15 years, and it affects every aspect of our lives. But despite all the chaos and uncertainty, we as kids and teenagers manage to find some beautiful moments in the darkness of it. As the years go by, the war keeps changing and different groups fight against each other. It is tough, and it feels like our country is tearing itself apart, even with all the difficulties. We learn to adapt and pursue happiness at every open door. We hold on to hope, hoping that one day that peace will come to our land and we can finally leave the scars of the past behind. But today in my memory, the trouble of war is on hold. It is a peaceful day. The warm summer sun shines brightly in the sky. I wake up early in the morning and ask my mom to help me prepare to wash my hair and my body. I am not a princess and I don't need someone to wash me. But the 15 years of war have made electricity and water very scarce. The shower is not an option. I ask my mom to help me put water out of a gallon. Let me explain. The water in the gallon, we fill it somewhere in Beirut where the water is abundant and clean. This is how, twice a week, my mom, my dad, 
and my siblings, we gather with the neighbors and drive to where clean water is. We fill our gallons and use them carefully for washing, cleaning, and cooking. So with the help of my mom, I emptied just enough water to wash me. And I hear her saying to me, This is enough, Rula. Once the water boils, you will add cold water to it and will be enough. After all, it is summer and you don't need a lot of hot water. She's right. This is enough. I trust my mother's words. And in a hurry, I pour a bit of water in the soup pan and put it on the stove. While the water is cooking, I go to finish filling the 5-liter bucket with cold water and have it ready in the bathroom. I'm in a hurry because today is going to be a fun summer day. The teenagers from our apartment building will gather at 10 a.m. at the entrance. We are heading to the beach together and I must shave my legs and be bikini ready. Finally, the hot water is good enough and I wash myself, shave my legs, proudly wear my brand new bikini, an oversized white shirt and my favorite jeans shorts. This for me is the perfect beach outfit. My sister is also performing the same shower routine because she and my brother are joining me today. With the three of us ready and each one of us lost in his own head, we greet my mom, reassure her everything will be fine, say bye to my dad, and from behind the door, we hear him yelling at us. I'm only allowing it for this time and only because you are together. You must be home before it's dark or else. Hearing these words, we slip one by one into the building staircase. Once my siblings and I reach the entrance of our building, we feel excited to meet up with Marwan from the fifth floor and Maria from the second floor. We are all set for an awesome beach adventure, carrying our must-haves, sun umbrellas to create some shade, colorful towels to show off, and those sexy bottles of sun cream labeled Hawaiian Tropic in big white letters. As we stroll down the street, our group of teenagers keeps growing, with new friends from nearby buildings joining us at every turn. Roger, Mike, Carmen, Karen, and Gilbert, adding their own flair to our lively march. We are like an army, but not the battle-ready kind. No, no, no. We are the sun soakers, all dressed up in our coolest summer beach outfits, channeling the vibrant vibes of Wham's Club Tropicana music video, but also inspired by the latest looks at the beach taken of Stephanie de Monaco as we've seen them in the French gossip magazine OK. Despite the ongoing war, these days feel unusually calm, thanks to a temporary ceasefire that allows soldiers and us teens to catch a break. Our destination is the harbor of Beirut. In a city under siege, our options are limited. The harbor has its charm, though. Surrounded by tanks and militants, it adds a little excitement to our day. We feel safe and pumped up for our adventure. On this beach day, everything feels very special. It's where we simply soak up the sun, flirt, swim, and have a blast together. We don't think about the future. We live in the now 
enjoy the good times like what we see in the movies. With beaming smiles on our faces, we finally reach the beach. Our excitement palpable in the air. We finally reach the entrance of the harbor. As we approach towards the entrance, we feel a sense of security with the soldiers around, knowing they are here to protect our city and protect us. The entrance is guarded by an imposing M113 tank, and one soldier pops his head out from the top while another casually smokes a cigarette just above him. A few more soldiers gather nearby, all dressed in their army green suits, each equipped with a belt holding one or two grenades. They stand confidently, with their arms resting on their M16 rifles hanging around their necks. Seeing them, I can't help but admire the coolness of being a soldier. They look powerful, and their demeanor suggests they are exactly where they belong doing a crucial job for Lebanon in these times. As I say these words, I catch a unique whiff of their sweaty scent under their thick army clothes. It's a familiar smell that seems to belong to soldiers. Considering the bright sunlight and the hot summer day, I imagine they must be feeling quite warm standing there. And now, I see two soldiers meet us halfway. Suddenly, our entire group freezes, a mix of determination and uncertainty swirling in our minds. We are the sun soakers, and we must make it to the seaside. In this intense moment, our friend Mike, visiting Lebanon these days and has quite the adventurous background of smuggling cigarettes in countries like Russia, Libya, and Congo, steps up as our spokesperson. We all look up to him, amazed by his eloquence and commanding presence, especially at just 24 years old. With skillful negotiation, Mike starts talking to the soldiers. Ho, ho, khalik mahalak matatharag. Mike, my friend, my name is Mike, and I'm the nephew of General Francis Bader. He's currently at the headquarters. You can call him to verify. The soldier appears both impressed and skeptical at the same time. The idea of General Francis Bader being Mike's uncle sounds like a big deal. But he's not entirely convinced. He glances at his comrade and asks, General Francis, you say? Mike confidently responds, Yes, he's my uncle. We live in the same house. The soldier seems puzzled. I think he is confused as why this guy lives with his uncle in the same house. He then asks for identification. Mark Tzkara? Without hesitation, Mike reaches into his pocket, pulls out his wallet and presents his ID to the soldier. And then the soldiers say, Khalikon. As we stand there, the scratching sun adding to our nervousness, the soldier walks away to his service point. We watch as he dials a number on the old-fashioned black phone hanging on the wall with its rotating numbers. Our anxious sweating is disguised under the heat of the sun. We await his return. 
Time seems to stretch while all the other soldiers watch every move we make and listen to each word. Finally, he hangs up the phone and walks back towards us. Addressing Mike, the soldier delivers the news. Your uncle confirms that you are only allowed to be in Section 5. He says you all must leave this location by 6 p.m. With a sense of relief, the soldier hands Mike back his ID and both soldiers then step aside, gesturing with their hands to welcome us in the harbor. Like a deflated balloon, our tension dissipates and we proceed our walk, ready to enjoy our day. As we stroll along, a slight worry creeps in. With so many soldiers around, we wonder if our group will find a private spot. We're eager to escape the shadows cast by the tanks and finally lay out our towels to begin our sunbathing day. After some searching, we settle a few meters away from a half-damaged T-54 tank. Thankfully, devoid of soldiers and any prying eyes. And here we are. The girls donning the trendiest bikinis and swim pants, with eyelashes reaching for the sky, adorned with transparent waterproof mascara, and our toenails painted a dazzling neon fuchsia. Meanwhile, the boys exude the charm of heartthrobs like Dave Cahan from Depeche Mode, Simon Le Bon from Duran Duran, or Morton Harkett from AHA. True heartbreakers, as I know them. A few weeks prior, my sister and I embarked on a bikini shopping spree. A friend who returned from France brought with him the latest swimsuit fashion. Despite me having no job or income, my sister, who works at an export company, is the epitome of generosity. With confidence, we enter the container shop. And amid racks of colorful bikinis, we find the perfect ones. A beautifully floral-printed bikini for my sister and a chic, sporty, striped one in black and white for me. Feeling beautiful and ready to flaunt our new swimsuits, we step out excited with big, fun plans on our minds. That day at the beach remain etched in my memories forever. We know that such carefree moments might be rare in times of war, So we make the most of it. The laughter, the splashing, and the joy we share resonate within me, reminding me of our spirit of youth and our power to live our youth in the darkest days. A few years back, when I was younger, the war between Syria and Lebanon confined us to the eastern part of Beirut. Although I am not allowed to go to the beach with my friends just yet, My parents make sure we go to the beach a lot. My mom and dad are true sea lovers. Every Sunday, 
They take us to a beach at my father's workplace at the electricity of Lebanon. This beautiful place is dedicated to all the employees and their families. A place of refuge and connection, where my father and his co-workers formed a strong bond while going through rough times together. On those Sunday mornings, the excitement would build as my mom packs our beach essentials. Snacks, towels, dry clothes, shampoo, and everything we need for a day of fun. As early as 8 a.m., we would fill my father's Opel Diplomat V8 Coupé car, a humongous vehicle with wine red color leather for the large front seat and an equally spacious back seat. The trunk alone is the size of a living room, allowing us to pack a lifetime worth of supplies and food for our beach adventure. Despite the ongoing war between Christians and Muslims, living in East Beirut meant that the entire eastern part of Lebanon was relatively safe for us to explore. Electricité du Liban Beach is our oasis during those tumultuous times. And every weekend, when there is no bombing, we would bring some of our neighbor's kids along to share in the joy and the friendship. What makes these sun-soaked days with my parents and siblings truly unforgettable are the cherished moments we share. I vividly recall the festive atmosphere my father and his co-workers create while we kids joyfully splash in the water. Picnic tables adorned with mouth-watering feast. Not just any food, but the finest, freshest cuts of meat they could find. The cost didn't matter to my father. Their focus was on cutting, cleaning, and slicing the meat to perfection. The succulent pieces were then carefully wrapped in Lebanese bread and savored with a hearty sip of arak, our traditional Lebanese alcohol. Arak, with 57% alcohol content, is the libation of choice for the grown-ups. When diluted with water, a fascinating transformation took place. As they poured it into small glasses, the 60% alcohol mixed with 40% water, creating a mesmerizing alchemy. The liquid turns from clear to a beautiful white, reminiscent of a swirling cloud Almost like witnessing a magical mushroom slowly emerging. Even as a young child, gazing at those glasses felt like being on a surreal, enchanted journey. On the warm Sundays at the beach, the hours pass quickly. I hear the loud chatters escalate as my father and his colleagues embrace the joyous effects of the Arak. They are all responsible for driving their families home. But the men are invincible, and I am not preoccupied with the boring chatter of my dad and his people. I cannot help but worry about my siblings and our neighbor Hilda, who has joined us for today. Being the youngest, I feel a bit left out, as my brother, sister and neighbor seem to be swimming towards a shipwreck that has been washed to the shores ages ago. They're leaving me behind alone with the old drunk jolly people. The shipwreck is roost and very creepy to me. No one really knows how the ship ended up at the shore and not even for how long. 
My father works at this place for more than two decades, and the ship always been there. I don't want anything to do with this scary ship. Prefer to stay at the shore and observe their movements. After all, I'm not a good swimmer, and going deep in the water is one of my biggest fears. I literally want to have my both feet on the ground. So here I am, sitting at the shore all by myself. The laughter and adult conversations behind me make it hard to concentrate on the swimmers returning from their shipwreck adventure. I decide to plop down on the sand, letting the gentle waves wash over me while I playfully imitate a girl from a TV commercial for RC. This is the cola drink from the 80s. You know, the one she sits on the shore in her bikini, looks at the camera, takes a sip and whispers, RC. Now, I see Michelle, Zena and Hilda standing in front of me, their feet in the water and in a choir asking me suspiciously, Roro, Chantamle. In a stutter, I reply, um, I'm not doing anything. I'm waiting for you. And I continue, was it fun swimming to the shipwreck? <laughs> Without paying any attention to me, they continued walking towards the adults who were now on their fifth glass of Arak, singing in Unisian, Basak tiji haritna yayuni, titlaffat hawalayna Allah Allah, wa'aynak ala jaritna yayuni, wallaynak alayna halla halla. It is a song by Samira Taufik, a famous Lebanese singer known for setting stadiums on fire with her sexy looks and provocative songs lyrics. As we head towards the group, I feel uneasy. I know all too well how adults behave when they drink Arak and listen to her music. They become flirty and carefree. I don't know how to navigate this grown-up seductive world. So I follow my sister Zena brother Michel and our neighbor Hilda, keeping my head down, eager to get past this moment of adults celebrating their happiness. After this year, we stopped going to Papa's workplace. Things changed drastically and the war became more complicated. With cities blocked and locked from each other, the highway leading from Beirut to my father's workplace is piled with asphalt and sand, blocked off by the Lebanese forces to cut off their enemies. This how we are left with only the harbor of Beirut as our sea resort. Sometimes I reminisce about all the friends we had during the war. I wonder where they are now and what they're up to. Some I managed to find on Facebook, while others, the ones who left a lasting impact on me, seem to have disappeared. But I know, back then, what brought us all together is the war. When it finally ended, we embarked on a quest to find our identities. Some are still searching. But as for me, I realize that my happiness was deeply tied to the Lebanon of those war days. After it all ended, our differences became too big to reconcile. Beside all of this, 
A mystery I will not be able to solve. It comes to me just now while writing the story. How in heaven's sake have my late father bought in times of war and poverty a noble diplomat A. Coupé? There is one person who might know the answer. I think I should be trying to find him soon. Maybe he can tell me more about it. And now, as I look out of my kitchen window here in Demon, I can't help but be flooded with new beach memories. Take me back to the time I spent with my brother, my husband and my son at Zandford Beach. It was a few weeks ago on a warm Saturday morning. Around 8 a.m., we decide to hop into the car to beat the crowds and the beach frenzy. Just like my mom used to do, I packed and prepared our tent, beach chairs, food and drinks in a cooler box, along with those colorful towels. And off we went. The beach holds a special place in our heart. Far beyond being just a trip to the seaside, it symbolizes freedom and provides us with a much-needed escape from the daily grind and the weight of the war. Now, whenever I gaze outside my big window in Demon, I am grateful that this place where I live now evokes the same sense of freedom and escape for me. for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed it please share it with your friends and family and ask them to subscribe leaving a rating and review on platforms like apple podcast can also help boost the podcast ranking your support through word of mouth is greatly appreciated if you feel i'm encouraging you to tell your story contact me on rula at thelifeaffairspodcast.com You will see my email in the show notes. I'll see you next time.